baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. The home for MLS in Atlanta. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome in to the full-time report. Abe Gordon and Garrett Chapman here for the next hour. Sharing some thoughts, maybe getting a couple of your thoughts as well on the Atlanta United season opener. Unfortunately, an opener, Garrett, that does see Atlanta United exit the pitch, not mm-hmm. securing a single point, but it's not necessarily all negative. A couple good things we did see throughout the match today. Yeah, this team actually played a lot better as the match went on. I, I will say that first half, <laughs> I was with all of you who were watching. I was a little uncomfortable. It was a little uncomfortable watching this team play at first. Columbus had complete control of this match in the early going, and it looked like Atlanta was on their heels from the very, st- from the very opening whistle, but they went back to the locker room, they, they settled in, and they played a much stronger game in that second half. Uh, de- de- defended better, they attacked better, they played with consistency, and they built up some rhythm. And I think they had some opportunities late, and they just didn't, weren't able to cash in. But overall, they look pretty good. We'll get to the man of the match in just a moment. We'll certainly have a lot coming your way throughout the next hour here on the Full-Time Report. We'll hear from Gonzalo Pineda at the podium, get some of your questions as well. Again, if you have questions about... The match today. Please feel free to send them on Twitter slash X at GChapATL at Abe Gordon. If you send them in, we'll get to them throughout our program. We'll also get to the highlights in our next segment. But we start today here, Garrett, with the statistics. And this statistical recap is brought to you by Piedmont. Piedmont Healthcare offers you exceptional hassle free care closer to home. Piedmont, the official adult healthcare provider of Atlanta United. You were all over it, Garrett, and you talked about the disparity in Mm -hmm. the first half and the second half. You look at possession, 59% in the first half towards Columbus. By the end of the game, though, 52%. You look at the shots, uh, 11 shots to one shot, Columbus. uh, But in the second half, seven shots for Atlanta United to just four for Columbus. Uh, And you go through it. More corners, more shots on Mm -hmm. goal, uh, and all that stuff. So, It was an interesting swing. Chances were there for Atlanta United. You saw the statistical advantage they held in the second half. Unfortunately, ultimately couldn't get it done. Yeah, and that ultimately comes back to how ineffective Atlanta United was in that opening half of action. I mean, I just have written down here, I have pressure. Uh, Columbus has movement. Uh, Deflection came off of uh, an unmarked man who who punches the ball in, Kucha Hernandez, because Saba failed to, to track Rossi. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's like it looked like they were a little disjointed at first. And I do take good things away from this match because I think that these are likely, I mean, you heard Jason Longshore on the broadcast. He said these are the two best teams in Major League Soccer right now. That doesn't surprise me at all. They played a really good game. And look, the Eastern Conference is going to be tight. But the thing is, they have to finish these matches out, especially these ones on the road where they struggled so much last year. 
It is a one nothing defeat for Atlanta United. And, and all, like we said, not all is bad. If you consider how Columbus was able to score against you a year ago, especially in the two home games that they had in the playoffs. A big uh, difference today uh, with Atlanta United surrendering just the one goal. That brings us, Garrett, to our first man of the match. And mm-hmm. uh, something new we're trying out this year. And we are going to keep track of man of the matches throughout the season and, and kind of tally who gets the most of them throughout the course of the year. So match day one, Garrett Chapman, a one nothing defeat. You know, it's easy when someone puts home two goals or something or, or racks up a bunch of assists. A little bit tougher sometimes when it's a, a one nothing defeat. So for today, we have spoken uh, throughout the end stages of this game. We have come to an agreement. Who is our man of the match today? We're going to roll with Brad Guzan for this one because, look, this is a tough match. This is a, a team that, that Columbus is able to get ahead and attack very effectively. And I think Brad Guzan gave Atlanta the best opportunity to win or at least stay in this game. Uh, you have the one goal that was conceded, but there's not a lot that he could do with that. It was more just the people in front of him who were missing, who missed their mark. Uh, they, they let guys get behind them unmarked. But Brad, ultimately, it was that save that he had on that PK that was the biggest thing, or excuse me, the penalty that he took. And look, at the end of the day, like he played a very effective game. Yeah, he did. I mean, look, you had a number of chances late by Tiago Almada. Shonde Silva was maybe a, a lone bright spot in the first half. But I think Brad Guzan's save of that PK it, it did a couple of things. It did spark you, maybe, maybe got you playing a little bit uh, quicker. Uh, from that perspective, but it kept you in the game at that point. If you go down 2 nothing on the road in Columbus, you could probably kiss the baby. Yeah. But uh, the save there, he, he, and look, it was a situation where there were questions about who was going to be your starting goalie coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, and people would have said, well, if you lose that game, now now watch the discussion. I don't think you're having a discussion. I think Guzan, as you mentioned, played an outstanding game uh, today, and unfortunately all for naught because you do not come home with three points or even one point, but uh, not to take away from his performance. You're right. Uh, it wasn't a situation where he was there to stop that goal. That was always going to be uh, put in the back of the net. I-, I think he played well, and he is our first man of the match. I, I don't know. Hope. Look, here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is I hope it's his only man of the match because normally we want someone in the attacking group to be a man of the match. You know, that would be ideal, I'm sure. We'll have our chances to give it to him or Gregerson or or Brooks Lennon. And from time to time, I wouldn't mind Yakamakis and Almada starting to rack them <laughs> up, though. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and that's all that's all going to come whenever Atlanta starts to to figure out that final third. And and that actually leads me to uh, another discussion point that I want to br- broach with you, Abe. Tiago Almada. I mean, the early going, he looked a lot better in that second half once he got a little comfortable and 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 got a little bit more fluid in his movements. That first half was kind of tough on Tiago Almada. He wasn't really able to get going, and it looked like whenever he had the ball at his feet, he looked like he was trying to do a little bit too much, and he wasn't playing within the offense. Did you see something similar? I think it's just space, and I think that's why we see him become so dangerous in the later stages of these matches when things start to open up a little bit. Some teams play him differently, and I think this was a team in Columbus that really stood right by him, kind of on him like glue, and it was tough for him to get loose with space. But I do think... 
when you see, I mean, the later stages, it only takes a moment for him to be as dangerous as anyone in the rest of the league. Yeah, and then he had a couple beautiful plays on the ball where once he actually has the ball at his feet and he has somebody in front of him, he can make that person look a little silly. He did that a couple of times. He had a couple of, of, of goal-scoring opportunities, didn't take it all the way, didn't finish it. Hopefully we see that later on this season. When we come back here on the full-time report, we're going to see if Gonzalo Pineda is ready at the podium. We're also going to go through some of the highlights, or if you want to call them lowlights, as it may be, as voiced by our very own Mike Condi. That's what's coming up in just a few minutes. It's Garrett Chapman. It's Abe Gordon here. This is the full-time report on 92.9 The Game. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome into the full-time report. Garrett Chapman, Abe Gordon as the Columbus crew take down Atlanta United by a final of one to nothing. Shortly, we're going to be taking you back up to Columbus where Gonzalo Pineda is going to be taking the podium, and uh, we will let you know when that happens. But in the meantime, we do have some highlights, or as Abe called them, lowlights. Before we get to those Highlights are brought to you by Scana. For over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. And like we mentioned, yes, Columbus Crew takes down Atlanta United 1-0. That goal comes off of the right boot of Cucho Hernandez. Drop back now to Zawatsky at the right halfway line again. Long diagonal for Yaboa. It connects 40 yards from goal. Yaboa then drives it ahead to Rossi, who sends a cross in. Blocked by Guzan. Second ball. Fired into the net by Cucho Hernandez. And the dam that was kind of constructed with twigs and duct tape and bubble gum burst for Atlanta United in the 27th minute. 1-0 Columbus. Yeah, that one felt like it was a long time coming. Columbus had controlled a lot of the match leading up to that moment. Sabalub Janitza lets Diego Rossi get loose on the backside, and that opens up the defense, and then Cucho Hernandez puts that into the back of the net. And that didn't stop a lot of the pressure because Columbus kept it up, and it was up until Brad Guzan comes up with this big clutch penalty kick save. Guzan taps the near post. Now walks to the center of the net. Cucho with hands on hips. There's the whistle. Cucho up to the ball, strikes it. Save Guzan, rebound is loose and knocked away at the edge of the six and cleared. Brad Guzan saves the penalty. That was a huge save from Brad Guzan. Of course, that's why we named him our man of the match. That came after a, about a seven-minute stoppage after Farsi gets down or gets downed by uh, Stan Gregerson, who picks up a yellow card in the process. And after that save, it really felt like Atlanta United was picking up the momentum, and it all leads to this Tiago Amada opportunity late in the match. We're in the 90th minute, 1-0 Columbus. Williams up to Almada, turning, driving again down the left wing, through traffic, up to Wolf, back to Almada, top of the arc, shot over the crossbar, headed over the crossbar by Amundsen for a corner. Amundsen saved the game. Amundsen just saved the game for Columbus. 
Yeah, that was really the biggest opportunity that Atlanta United had as they fall up in Columbus. 1-0. That was uh, the second half. Much better performance from Atlanta United, but they do fall. 1-0. Yeah, we're still waiting on Gonzalo Pineda to hit the podium there at Lower.com Field. And you're right, though. This is a situation where you try and move past it. You try and take the momentum you did have in that second half uh, into what is essentially an off week because you don't have Mm – another game uh really until you're facing I'm trying to scroll down New England right Mm -hmm. I think New England's your next game and that's in two weeks and obviously that's going to be your home opener so uh you try and hold whatever momentum you can from the second half uh address the slow start and I think that was the real issue and we talked about it when we were doing the five stripe countdown leading up to this and and Yakamakis was confident and I said you say you're confident. Go show me you're confident. Play with confidence on the field. Take it to them. And early on, it was the other way around. It was Columbus who had received their rings who were coming at Atlanta United. That's why we saw what we saw in the first half, unfortunately. Uh, the break at halftime, though, did seem to flip things. Uh, and I will say this. We were having a discussion. I know Mike Conti and Jason Longtro were having a discussion. Uh, the announcers on Apple TV were having a discussion as well. Uh, it was the correct call on that penalty kick. Oh, you yes. may not like it, it but it was the correct call. A- and I thought the the officials, time-wise, maybe there's a better way to handle it, uh, you know, just in terms <laughs> of a timeline. But th- they did make multiple calls, I believe, to be accurate. I-, I don't have too many complaints about how things were officiated today. A- and like we said beforehand, that was a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and that was the biggest thing. We wanted to see consistency from from the officials and I think they they largely did a very good job I mean I can't point to one single outlier that really affected the outcome of the game that the officials had a hand in and ultimately at the end of the day that's what you want from any officiating staff whether that's MLS officials or replacement officials like we saw today um, they, they they called offside effectively they, they had the the Yorgos Yakamakis uh, yellow card the Stian Gregerson yellow card both of those were, were apt and deserved yellow card. So ultimately they performed pretty well. And that's all you can ask for from some officials. You know, we talked about this as well. And ultimately it is what came to bite you. The center back pairing of Derek Williams and, and Steon Gregerson uh, and the communication with Brad Guzan, there was a lack of communication that did lead uh, to the penalty kick. In, in which case you were late to kill the offsides, right? You, yeah. Derek Williams kept him on sides Gregerson came in late with the foul, and that's what led to the penalty kick. And then lack of communication into the midfield as well became an issue. Yeah, but real quick, let's go back up to Columbus because Gonzalo Pineda, the manager of Atlanta United, has taken the podium. Uh, again, I think in the first half, we were getting a lot of passes through the inner channels, and, and, and we did a good job on that. But again, we were not able to secure the ball after that and start our possession and our attacks. And um, and but yeah, the position of the fullbacks was key, I think. And then the wingers were doing a lot of work. I think Shande, Sava, Tyler did a great job at uh, covering a lot of ground, covering a lot of passing lanes. So yeah, again, it was a good performance, uh, but it still wasn't good enough. I felt like the second half, the wingers were able to impact the game on the offensive side a little bit more. Is that just kind of the evolution of the way the match flowed? Yes, we talk about our wingers trying to be more uh, uh, active, active. We call it activated earlier. So whether it's the ball in behind, whether it was into the feet to go one v one, I think we did that. But also we start to play it with a bit more freedom, with more belief, and combining better. 
uh, especially on the left side, I think uh, we're combining very well on that side. On the right side, we're a bit more direct with uh, Brooks and Saba, balls in behind and, and crosses. Uh, I think we, we were lacking in the second half a bit of connection in the final third and being able, once we start that we're territorial dominance, how we can um, connect the best pass, the best possible decision inside the box in the premises zone. So we'll continue working on that. But again, good response from on Columbus's goal, it appeared to me like a situation where people just didn't recognize some dangers. Uh, Saba let Rossi get behind him. No one picked up Kucho on the back post. Is that an accurate description? Oh, I think uh, we solved that. I think uh, there were moments where we needed the pullback to be more aggressive on their wing backs, and there were some other moments where maybe we need to wait and delay the pressure because there is a threat of the of the underlap, and that's what happened in that play. I think uh, Brooks went too earlier into that play uh, outside to Jebo, and then Rossi run in the channel, and then Saba from the winger position had to follow uh, that that far, um, and that's how they got in, into that um, into that goal. Um, but uh, again, it was a rebound. It was, you know, hard to take account of the ball in that part. So, so I think, um, yeah, it was a great strike also by Cucho. But I think they, if you look at the way we defend those crosses and the shots and how many um, shots we block, I think we did better. In general, we look more solid defensively. Um, and yeah, uh, but uh, in that specific action, I think there were a couple of things that we can fix. All right, we got time for two on Zoom. We'll go to Sydney first and then Casey. Sydney, go ahead. Hey, Gonzalo. Um, LA's next match is in two weeks, obviously at home against the Revs. Are you concerned about this layoff coming up for your team, or would you prefer them coming back next week and an opportunity to kind of shake off what happened tonight? I'm sorry, I couldn't understand the first part of your question. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, so. The next match is in two weeks against um, New England. Are you concerned about the long layoff for your team, especially with uh, the seasons is starting and already you all have a two-week break? Is that a concern for you? No, not at all, to be honest. Of course, you know, um, having some rhythm helps, but at the same time, we couldn't have Thiago in any of the preseason matches, so we'll have a little bit more time for him to know the teammates around him and Bartek and Stian having more time with the team. Um, and then Gigi and Stian that actually lost a few games of the preseason. We're going to have some some training sessions for them, trying to make sure that they they know each other better. Uh, but actually, we'll use these two weeks to be ready for the next two home games. All right. Uh, that was Gonzalo Pineda, the manager of Atlanta United, as the five stripes fall to the Columbus crew 1-0 in the first match of the season. Make sure you're getting your questions in at Abe Gordon at GChapATL on Twitter slash X slash whatever you're calling it these days. And we'll take those questions here on the other side. This is the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back to the full-time report. Full-time, full-time. Our United play here. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in, 92.9 The Game. It is Abe Gordon and Garrett Chapman. Again, next segment, we'll be taking some of your questions on Twitter, so feel free to send us one, at Abe Gordon, at GChapATL. I want to react to what uh, Gonzalo Pineda had just said. Something about that last question struck a nerve with me, and it ties back to something you actually said, Garrett, 
uh, in our opening segment. But before we do that, I want to remind you, Atlanta United, that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, uh, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta is going to donate $2,000. Or excuse me, Atlanta United is going to donate $2,000 to the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Unfortunately, unable to get that done today. So the year's total uh, donation total still stands at a whopping zero bucks. But we will take care of that. Brad Guzan, man <laughs> of the match today. Hopefully a couple more of those. Maybe you'll start to ramp that total up a little bit. You asked me earlier about a slow start yeah. for Almada. And I think it's a great point. And it kind of doubles down into something that Gonzalo Pineda said as he was wrapping up his postgame press conference. And he was asked about this week off. You don't have a game next week. You have two weeks before your home opener. Yeah. I, I think when we look back at today's game, you do potentially look back at the lack of chemistry that Almada had early on. It did seem to ramp up a little bit. And we talked about it. He was gone for most of the training camp, most of the friendlies. And so maybe it was a little bit slower for him to get the chemistry that we were hoping we would see quicker with some of the new players. I'm just thinking back. That's going to be a big point of order, I think, over the next 10 or 12 days as you ramp up towards your home openers, getting a little bit more chemistry as you have welcomed these pieces back into the puzzle for Atlanta United. Yeah, and, and getting Tiago Almada match, I don't want to say match fit, I, the chemistry is more important than anything. You know he's match fit. I mean, heck, he just went a full 100 minutes, including stoppage time today. But the biggest thing is just making sure he has that chemistry with the guys up top and, and more importantly, the guys behind him and to his left and to his right. I don't think that chemistry with Yorgos Yakamakis is necessarily going to be a problem, but where are the other guys in space? Like when Brooks Lennon pushes up the field, it looked like a few times he misplayed a ball or maybe Brooks Lennon was in a spot that he wasn't expecting and and I think, folks, you just got to calm down on that. It's going to be fine. That's going to come together. This is still the be- one of the best attacking units in all of Major League Soccer. So I have no doubts that this offense is going to figure itself out. I-, I just took a lot of good things away from what the defense looked like. I mean, it made you uncomfortable at times today. Uh, I will completely admit that. But uh, they kept one goal for Columbus today, I think, is, is ultimately a good good result. Well, look, you're talking about an Atlanta United team defensively that was not stellar last year against a Columbus team that, as you mentioned, was tw- uh, second mm-hmm. in the entire MLS in goal scored a year ago. I think allowing one goal on the road is not the nightmare that people may want it to seem, considering it is your opening game. Uh, speaking of that, Atlanta United is the only game today that has been completed league-wide. Of course, Columbus picking up the 1-0 victory there. We did have an earlier game uh, midweek to kick off the MLS season, Inter-Miami and Real Salt Lake. Inter-Miami with a 2 nothing victory. Messi had an assist in that game. And going to kick off very shortly. Uh, the game that I deem a premier matchup of the weekend since we couldn't pick. I mean, realistically, Atlanta United and Columbus was the premier match of the weekend. I think Jason Longshore mentioned that yeah. towards the end of the broadcast. These, he believes, are two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Two of the best teams in the Western Conference about to meet up, though. Uh, Seattle Sounders and LAFC. So uh, look forward to that one. And then we got a couple games tonight. And since I did just purchase uh, the <laughs> Apple <laughs> season pass, uh, I might tune in because our old buddy Willie P 
with uh, Jess Sharman is going to have the home call. Hey. You know, you could do the home radio thing. For sure. Uh, Charlotte FC, they're hosting NYCFC. Uh, at the same time, the New England Revolution and DC United, Montreal, Orlando City, Chicago Fire at Philly Union. An hour after that at 8.30, you got Minnesota and Austin, San Jose and Dallas, Kansas City and Houston, Real Salt Lake coming off their midweek loss at St. Louis. Uh, and then late tonight, why not? Since I bought it, we're going to use it. <laughs> We've got Colorado and Portland, baby. That's at 10.30. And then a trio of games tomorrow, including Inter-Miami at LA Galaxy, uh, a nightcap Sunday at 8.30. So this is the first game uh, of the weekend, Atlanta United. And we've got a boatload uh, coming our way. We'll, we'll, look, it's going to be tough for a couple of weeks until we get a real sample size. Uh, Atlanta United, I, I guess, theoretically, at the bottom of the table, should we panic now, or, or are we still comfortable with what we've seen? I feel pretty good. I, I'm not going to lie, and, and I thought this was going to be tough to get a result anyways, right? Yeah. We, we talked about it. This is a team that is getting their rings today. They're adding a star to their jersey. They are the defending champs. They're raising a banner pregame. Things are feeling good. You've had issues with them, especially on the road. They're an outstanding home game. And this was a game that really could have been a draw. You had chances. They had chances, too, now. Mm -hmm. Their XG was more than yours. But uh, th this was an opportunity to potentially split points there. Didn't ultimately get it done, but not all is bad. This was a relatively strong performance, as strong a performance maybe as you can have, ultimately in a loss. Yeah, I mean, this is a group that I think they looked bad to start, and then they – I don't want to say bad. They looked a little sluggish. It looked like – Columbus they were hesitant. Was, they were Columbus hesitant. was taking the fight to Atlanta, and I think that was very obvious in the early going of this match. And, and I, I sent it out on Twitter, at GChapBTL. I tweeted about it. I said, hey, you just got to weather this storm. Get through this early going where this momentum is going to be felt on the pitch. You could feel it in the stands. You could feel it on the broadcast. Columbus had all of the momentum, and Atlanta just wasn't able to weather that storm. They had a little bit of miscommunication on the backside and the defense, and, and Columbus was able to take advantage. One final thought before we head to break here on the full-time report, as tweeted out by Mike Conti. He had mentioned it a couple times throughout uh, the week leading up to the season opener. Um, the two best seasons in Atlanta United history, 2018 and 2019, both started on the road, both started – with losses. So so let's not bury the five stripes just yet. All is not lost. Uh, ultimately, I think you can build off of this result into two weeks, your home opener, which should be a, an outrageous atmosphere at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, and, and the next time that we face Columbus, it'll be, what, July 20th, I believe. They got to come see us at our place, and our, our stands aren't going to empty out like they did up in Columbus. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we won't. We don't know if we'll have hats, though. We have too many, too many no, fans. No, we don't have the... To, Give out those hats, too. But, uh, it won't be cold. I certainly I assure you it's not going to be 30 degrees down here in Atlanta. Yeah, with July a little 20th. puff on top. That's all right. Uh, we've got a lot more coming your way still on the full-time report. We'll get into some more analysis. And, again, your questions, if you send them on Twitter, slash X, at Abe Gordon, at GChap, ATL. And we'll take a look ahead further down the road as well. Like we mentioned, it's a home opener the next time the Five Stripes will take the field. So, certainly a lot to be uh, anticipatory for on that one. Coming to you live, it is the full-time report. Abe Gordon, Garrett Chapman on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back, back with more full-time report. A complete review of today's match on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome into the full-time report. Garrett Chapman, Abe Gordon right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game as the Atlanta United fall 1-0. 
to Columbus Crew in the season opener up in Columbus, Ohio. Abe, let's get to some questions. And if you have any questions out there, make sure you send them to us on Twitter. You can answer our answer any one of our posts that we have sent out throughout the day, or you can DM us at GChapATL at Abe Gordon or send it to the station account at 92.9 The Game. But I do have one that I want to get to, Abe Gordon. It comes from Griffin Lale on Twitter, and he says, how would you rate the center back pairing in their first competitive match together? Of course, Derek Williams, Stan Gregerson, two new additions for Atlanta United over the winter transfer window. What do you think about the two that you saw today? Yeah, I, I don't want to give a like a number. A six and a half out of ten. Is it two, <laughs> two, two thumbs up. I don't know what you go. But no, I, I look, part of the concern was going to be the communication with the new pair of mm-hmm. center backs. And I think you saw that a little bit. It's tough to rate them individually or excuse me, as a duo. It's almost easier to rate them individually. Uh, Steon Gregerson, I thought, had mostly positive performances, but ultimately uh, he was bailed out by Brad Guzan. And there there was a, a, a situation, certainly, where he caused a, a penalty mm-hmm. in the box. He was carded for it, one of two yellow cards handed out to Atlanta United players today. So there was a little bit of a good and a little bit of a bad for Steon Gregerson. I, I will say this. You saw the raw talent uh, yeah. in a couple of different ways. You did see the speed. Now, ultimately, he, he almost wished he was slower. He wouldn't have caught up to the guy <laughs> to shove him in the back. Um, but you did see the speed there yeah. uh, on a couple of different plays. You also saw the shot-stopping abilities. He got his head on one that would, probably would have been, uh, you know, we talk about Amundsen getting his head on a shot from Almada. Gregerson got his his dome on one as well that may have saved a goal. So I, I think very competent from Steon Gregerson. The mistakes are going to be made a little bit. And yeah. you got to remember here, Derek Williams is an MLS veteran. He has experience in this league. One of the things that's interesting to me is how different this league is for Bartosz Schlich than the Polish league mm-hmm. or, or for Norway, for the Norwegian in Gregerson. And, and so there is an adjustment to how this league is played, how attacks are built up, stuff like that. And he's going to have to adjust to that. I I think that was part of the process for him. Uh, And then Williams, I think, ultimately largely good, right? But on the exact same play we're talking about with Gregerson, he was the guy that kept uh, a player on sides. And so you can't just go two thumbs up, all positives for these guys. Uh, and, and so for those reasons, I, you know, there is a little bit of improvement to be had there. But ultimately, the, the, the most important part that, that I was concerned about was the communication. And, and I think largely they defended pretty well through the middle. Yeah, I mean, it's a C for me. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you played a really solid game for the most part on the scoreline. Like that, and that's at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. More, that's paramount. You you better win on the scoreline, and um, and they did pretty well there. They only allowed the one goal. The defense did, but ultimately, Stan Gregerson and Derek Williams, they they kind of got lost in movement a couple of times. We we saw that happen a, a number of different times. Uh, the communications on the outside, Brooks Lennon, instead of letting Brooks uh, go out, Stan Gregerson would shoot out, and then Brooks would have to come in from the back, and that's generally not a good thing. You kind of want the size of, of Gregerson on the backside. And, and honestly, that's something that's just going to come with repetitions. I cannot overstate. Do not overreact to what we have seen on the pitch after one 90-minute match. That's it. You had some tired legs, and that really started to show itself. Bartosz Schlich was really laboring out there when it actually when it was all said and done when we came to that end of that match. And I think 
when the fitness gets up and they all get to 90 minutes fit, I think that's going to be a really good advantage for Atlanta United. Ultimately, the defense played well enough to give your, give your attack the, a chance to go win the game. They weren't able to get it done. So it's a C, and I think that's fair. Brad Guzan had an opportunity to catch up with Jason Longshore. We're going to hear from him in just a moment. I do want to give a special hat tip, by the way, to the grounds crew or field crew at lower.com field. It, it was a, a not a great site early in the day. Snow fell overnight. They did a great job to get that field looking like an absolute butte today. Uh, and the field conditions did not seem to impact the game. I was a little concerned how wet the field would be, but they did a, a, a great job on that. So a uh, hat tip to the crew in Columbus, uh, not the, the team, the crew, the, yeah. the grounds crew, for getting a, a playable field uh, looking pretty well. You would never know. You would never know that there was snow on the ground. I, I saw the pictures that, uh, that Mike Conti, the voice of Atlanta United, posted before the match early on and then after – it looked, you couldn't even tell. You couldn't even tell. So, like we mentioned, Jason Longshore caught up with Brad Guzan. We're going to hear how that conversation went on the other side. This is the full-time report. Stick it with us. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. This is the full-time report. On Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Welcome back to the full-time report. Abe Gordon and Garrett Chapman here as we wrap things up. From an Atlanta United defeat, one nothing on the road to the Columbus Crew. Want to remind you, Atlanta United would like to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to the Children's Health Care of Atlanta. Unfortunately, not able to get that done today. The year's donation total is currently at $0. Uh, but we did name a man of the match earlier, and that was goalkeeper Brad Guzan. And a couple of moments ago, Jason Longshore caught up with Guz and talked about the disparity in the performance for Atlanta United in that first half leading into the second half? Uh, I think for sure we took care of the ball better. Um, you know, I think we were we were loose with the ball in the first half. Um, we weren't able to, to, to connect the, the second or third ball going forward um, and allowed them to, to create more and more pressure. Um, but in the second half, I, I thought we did a much better job with that. Can you go through the goal for us and what, what happened on that? That play. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've got him on the, the left-hand side of the field. <clears throat> Probably don't get close enough to, to affect the ball there. Uh, they hit the, the diagonal. Um, they switch to the other side. Um, we're, we're probably a little bit late getting out in terms of a, a 2v1 situation. Um, I think he slots the, the, the inside run. He, he slots the ball down the channel. They've got, I think, two guys in the box, potentially three. I've not, I've not seen it back yet. Oh, okay. um, and so, at that moment, uh, I think we've got our two center backs and Caleb. Obviously, Cujo ends up coming up on the, the far side. Um, you know, try to make a play on it, knowing that the the two runners are in the center of the box and and can certainly they can make a play on it. It's a bit of a, a bang bang play and. Um, you know, at that moment, then you know, Cucho is is on the on the backside. Um, so yeah, was is that one of those moments of of the, the focus that you and I have talked about so many times? Just not recognizing some danger spots. Well, I think it's you know you can go back to when we have it. We we've got them on our left side of the field, and you know you talk about 
you know, potentially one mistake not leading to two mistakes, to three mistakes, to four mistakes. And, and you know, we've, we've got them on that side of the field. And, and at that moment, we've, we've got to keep them there and not let them out of pressure. And whether it's make a tackle, whether it's block a run, whether it's deny the ability in the, in the space to, to switch the ball, because once they switch it, now we're, we're scrambling because we're outnumbered on the other side of the field, right? And, and we're trying to, to create a, an advantage on one side, and when we don't get close enough and they switch the ball to the other side, now they've got the advantage of the 2v1. Were you pleased with the, the fight back, the grid in the second half? Yeah. Uh, listen, you know, the at, at halftime, we, we knew we needed to, to keep going. Uh, we, need, we needed to, to be better on the ball. Uh, we were in the second half. Um, and, you know, they're obviously – they're a good team. Um, but we, we we had enough opportunities to, to get something from the game. And, and I think um, when you look back on it, that's – the disappointment is there because we had the, the opportunity to, to get something from the game, whether it's a point or, you know, potentially you, you, you go on to, to win the game or, or whatnot. Um, you know, a loss certainly um, leaves a bitter taste in your mouth after the, the performance of the second half. It's not like about a five, six-minute span in that first half where they're able to switch back and forth consistently to open things up. Could you expand a little bit more like what you want to see in front of you from your squad in those moments? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is something we've talked about a lot during preseason, uh, the last, you know, five weeks or six weeks or whatnot in terms of not just getting – you know, not just getting to a guy, but actually affecting the play and, and tackling, getting his head down, making him play the ball backwards, not letting him pick his head up and, and pick a pass forward. Um, in those moments, when they're switching the ball side to side, we're doing a lot of dirty running. Um, it's those are those are heavy legs. Then are going side to side, and you're not actually affecting the play. You're just you, you know a feeling of chasing shadows a little bit. Um, and so I think you probably saw a little bit of frustration in that moment when Gigi tackles him in the first half and he gets booked, right? It's, that's what it is. It's, you're, you're going side to side, side to side, and, and it becomes tiring for those guys, especially in the middle of the field. Um, so in those moments, can we not just be there, but then affect the play and, and really, um, really tackle, really, uh, make it difficult for their, their guys to, to find a, a forward pass or, or even a, another switch. Again, that is Brad Guzan uh, there at the podium, part of the press conferences. Uh, I'm sure he stepped up there after uh, Gonzalo Pineda had finished. So appreciate Jason Long for sending us that so we can have some of that audio. And, and again, it takes us to an interesting point here, Garrett Chapman, mm-hmm. is that you have an off week, which most of the teams don't. And so you're in a situation where you've got this sample size of performance. You've got the first half of what happened there. You've got the second half, what happened there, and you've got a week to really work on some of those things. I know Goose was talking about shoring up some of the aspects that maybe let them down a little bit today. Yeah, uh, gave up a lot more chances than you would like to have given up. Unable to finish on the other end, you got the opportunity to work on that between now and the home opener, and that's a that's an important part of the schedule that maybe you didn't count on uh, so early. Yeah, and I think that Gonzalo Pineda is actually going to be able to be a little bit more aggressive in training than a lot of the 
other big competitors in the Eastern Conference specifically because one thing we haven't mentioned is the fact that a lot of these other squads are, are playing in the CONCACAF uh, Champions Cup, and Lenny Knight, it's not. And while we would really like to be playing in those in the future, that can be seen as a bit of an advantage because now we can attack training a little bit harder and we'll have fresher legs when we actually play in MLS competitions. And um, look, a, a lot of the early going of this of this slate, uh, this early schedule of games, you're going to be playing a lot of the teams that are going to be competing in, in the Champions League, um, the CONCACAF Champions League, rather. And I, I think that's going to give Atlanta a chance to, to stay fresh, attack things early in training, build up that chemistry, and look a little bit stronger. And, and you got to start faster. You cannot afford to have starts like they did today. And and ultimately, I think that comes back to the fact that you're playing the defending champions. You're playing probably the best team in Major League Soccer right now. And you're playing them on a day that they were playing with a lot of emotion, especially early in a game. They got an extra star on their shirts. They, they got some championship rings, some hardware to take home. The fans are juiced. Everyone's in it. First 20 minutes, 20 minutes of the match, you get eight shots on goal. Brad Guzan was under attack, and they put one in in the 27th minute. You got to finish. You got to start stronger. And you mentioned it while I was sitting out there watching the game with you. Is that it's great for Columbus, but there are some empty seats there. And what yeah. you won't have is empty seats in two weeks' time when Atlanta United hits their home opener. And now maybe you could play with that emotion. Maybe you have mm-hmm. that advantage that Columbus benefited from today because we've seen we we've all been to games. You we have you and I haven't been to game together, but we have been to games separately. And we've seen the, 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 the craziness of when United does get it going. I was at the game against Columbus, the playoff game here in Atlanta, the yep. one that they did get a victory in, and you could tell. I mean, you could tell it was a home game. So we look forward to that being the case when Atlanta United does take the field. Again, it's going to be Saturday, March 9th. Uh, New England, welcoming in, welcoming in New England for the home opener. Yeah, I mean, look, I was a season ticket holder for for years before I actually came up here and was blessed with the opportunity to join you and and do the, the pre and pre and post game for for Atlanta United. I was a season ticket holder. I was one of those guys. I know what it's like in those stands, and I know that Atlanta United is they're going to get the fans charged up, ready to go when New England comes into town for the Atlanta United home opener here in about two weeks. I'm really excited. I cannot wait. So, unfortunately, Atlanta United does not pick up any points today on the road. I know we are hopeful that maybe you could answer some of the questions about the road results that kind of marred the season a little bit last year. But, uh, like we said, one result on the road against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference champion, or excuse me, in the Eastern Conference, the defending champion, certainly doesn't mean you won't pick up a couple of road results this year. So all is not lost. But the good news is you do return home. It is your home opener yep. for your very next match. And you have a week off to prepare for it and work on some specifics, like you said, that maybe some of these other teams don't have the opportunity to do so. So for Garrett Chapman, I am Abe Gordon here. The next time we talk to you, when we have the five stripes countdown, it will be live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the home opener against New England in two weeks' time. Again, for Garrett Chapman, we appreciate Dom and all his work, certainly for Mike Conti and Jason Longshore up in Columbus. Safe travels back. This has been the full-time report on 92.9 The Game. You've 
been listening to MLS action of our Atlanta United. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 